That's a chainsaw cutting into a huge kauri tree in Titarangi, West Auckland. It's crashed onto the road, bringing a spar pool down with it and leaving a house teetering on the edge above. Oh my God, I'm so excited to see this big orange digger. What are they, what are they doing here? Well, they're just they've clearing. got to winch this tree because if, if they start digging and that slides down, there's two houses down here. Oh, and that, that's a beautiful kauri tree. Yeah, I know, they're going to want to save that. So many people have got their eye on that tree already. <laughs> save it, but it's, yes. it's beyond saving, isn't it? Well, no, people will want the timber. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly, and today on The Detail, I'm on Paturua Road in Titarangi, where residents are on edge with no power, no water, watching the dangerous and delicate job of clearing the kauri from their street. What are they doing? They're reconnecting or disconnecting the power line? Oh, I see. Ah, oh, gotcha. So everything at once. Yeah. Tree work, the earth mover and the line. If this goes wrong, it could trigger more slips and put more homes in peril. That mm. thing can come down and squash where was down here. Mm. So we took we take like step baby steps at a time. Mm-hmm. Make sure we do the right thing before we cut anything else. Do you say is it dangerous work for you? Yes, it is a dangerous like as we look at now. We're working with a slip, so if anything you go, go wrong here. But at the other end of the road is a much bigger problem. Goodness. <gasps> oh. Can we just stop here for a minute? It's, well, yeah. it's almost wow. um, sense of vertigo here, eh? What? Goodness, the, the road's fallen in. It's... Yeah, OK, so it's more than half of the road has just dropped into the... Um, yeah. Dropped off the cliff. And the beach is just right there. But what are these piles? That, uh, what, yeah, what do you call them? Wood, wooden piles that retaining walls essentially to hold up the road. Okay. Um, they have just fallen into the into the beach here. Yeah. It's kind of hard to describe in words. This, this is just a, a shocking, um, shocking situation. Really emotional. People must be really worried. Really worried because this is far from over. Just a few days after the devastating, record-breaking rainfall, I'm with Waitakere councillor Shane Henderson, winding our way up this road where dense bush hides a lot of houses down steep, steep driveways. Um, absolutely devastating. We've got parts of Waitakere that just look like war zones um, and people have lost everything. Some people have actually lost them twice in the last 18 months because we had the northwest floods here as well. And so people are feeling really beaten down. So there's a fire truck up here. That's the first people to arrive. How many hours later? Oh, really? Yep. These are the first... Nobody's seen an official since, I don't know, what time is it today? It's about 10 or 11 o'clock. Hello. I've just asked them to try and get a resident out of his house. Yeah. Oh, you rang emergency services? No. Oh. They came up here? No, he hasn't actually, like, Oops. no one's no one's been to hey. see him. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How, how's your house? How's it looking? Oh, no, our house is fine. Is uh, it? It's got a carriage in front of the driveway. A what? A carriage. Oh, has it? It was really yeah. close to the house Locked. that came down last night. Um, yeah. yeah. What yeah. was it like? Uh, it's pretty bad, but we evacuated a couple of days ago. So. Oh, did you? So you've been back to just to check things? Just to grab some clothes and right. fresh clothes. I think I'd better let you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. 
Hi, how are you going? Yeah, um, we'd, we'd like some power or some water, that'd, oh, that'd be nice. Um, when did you lose power and water? Uh, when it all first happened. On Friday afternoon? Yeah, yeah, we were the first ones to discover over there that it was going to slip because our car bottomed out, but uh, now we're sort of housebound. It's, uh, Is this your place here? Yeah, just here. Are you in danger at all? Uh, only if that keeps uh, <laughs> keep, keep, keep slipping. Interesting that there's those massive wooden piles going into the, the, yeah. the retaining wall. Look, you would have thought that they'd actually have held it up, but the water's got right in behind. They must be about 20 metres long or something and sunk way into the ground, but they just got blasted out with the force of the water. Hi. What's your situation? Uh, well, we had to evacuate the day after. Um, I've got a dog with heart condition and blind and couldn't leave him at home. No. We evacuated the last two cats out today and we've cleaned out the freezers. What happened in your house? Nothing happened in our house but we can't get the car out as you know, the road slipped there and it's blocked off up there Yeah. and we've flooded at the bottom, down the bottom of the house we live upstairs, thank uh-huh. goodness Yeah. Um, but it's just not safe if the power comes on when we're not there, we've just unplugged everything, pulled everything out. Yeah. It's not in danger of falling off a cliff or anything? No, thank goodness. But um, my flatmate rang insurance yesterday mm-hmm. and for an hour and a half she was on the phone and they just said, look, we can't help you because you've evacuated. No one's looking after your house. And she said, what the hell? What would you do if we were just on holiday? Do you expect us to pack up all our food and our furniture and take our TV if we go on holiday just for insurance? Oh, no, no, no. She goes, well, what's the difference? It's a state of emergency. We've had to evacuate. Surely they'll relent on that. Oh, you'd think. I don't know what the next move forward is here, but if the insurance companies are going to treat people like that, wow. Yes, had a little cry this morning, but I'm okay. (laughs) Got my little dog with me. He goes to work with me, and everywhere I go, we're just keeping each other company till it's at all. (laughs) What's the thing that makes you saddest? I guess like we've just moved to the neighbourhood. We've been here all of two weeks and I've got to meet so many wonderful people in Titarangi and just how they've all pulled together and just how some of them have been here their whole life and their houses are disappearing and, you know. I just came out here because I had to go to work in the morning, being in security, of the morning of the storm. And I came out around quarter past five and nearly drove into that big pile of dirt up there. There was no cones or anything around it. Like, I don't think many people know that it had happened. So I just grabbed my torch and went down and visited all the neighbours, knocked on all the doors just to see if everyone was okay and got to meet the neighbourhood watch people and everyone coming out of their houses. And it was just uh, sad, yeah. I'll, I'll just describe it, but there's it's just a winding driveway down yes. into the bush. That is just, I might even take a photo because it's just um, full of broken. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. This is what I need. I drove right up to the sparpool and this was just. Uh, Look at the front of this house. Look at this. <gasps> oh, okay. Oh. Fortunately, um, they're on holiday. Are they? Do you, how long are you around for? I am packing up the last of my clothes, food, yeah. and getting out before the rain comes because I just don't trust that clearance on Titarangi Beach Road. Yeah, quite right. That's yeah. going to come down again. It's yeah. already cut, It's already started to fill the road. Well, in general, you've been door-to-door talking to people. Yes. Good spirits or what? Mixture of emotions? Yes. No, really good. You can see the fear on people's faces, but people are sort of holding their own. And all the neighbours are just helping people. I've, when I come out of my house, me and my flatmate, 
we've got bags of stuff and people are just helping us carry the cats, the bags, stuff down the hill. Can I ask you, Friday night, you know, when it was all happening, well, Friday afternoon really, were you getting any kind of communication from anybody? Nobody. What would you have expected? Uh, I think with the massive floods and the such torrential rain, there could have been maybe a state of emergency or some sort of a, a warning. What kind of difference would that have made to you? You might have packed up and got out sooner? or Definitely would have packed up and got out sooner, or at least moved the car. I think we, we were worried about our cars and now we're blocked in. Yeah. Yep. Friday night... I mean, was it just like you were in survival mode and watching what was going on here? Or there's a lot of talk about communication and the there's, emergency there, response. There's none. We get it second, you know, second hand. We just keep running down here as soon as we hear vehicles or something, trying to ask people what's going to happen. Uh, you talk to the vector guys and they say they're still making a plan. Um, you just don't know what's going on. Some way, there's got to be some way you can get communication to flow a bit quicker because we're, we're just in the dark here, so you... You hear something here cracking in the night. You think, oh, that's another slip. What's going on? We had a family just up the road evacuated last night because we had uh, fresh slips last night. So I don't think this one's got any worse, but uh, you never know what's going to happen, do you? And nobody's come around saying, this is happening, we're getting more heavy rain, you know, be prepared, it could potentially do this. No. Nobody? No. What would you have expected? Oh, it's... I don't know, just a little bit of communication. I don't know how they can broadcast it to people on the street or something like that. I don't know, maybe we need some radio channels or TV channels so people can jump on and, and have a look. I know individual communication is probably impossible during an emergency, but surely there's some way you can broadcast, you know, on, in, on, on internet, you know, but on, you, on TV. But if you had no power and no water, if you had no power, what, what sort of communications would you have got? Phone. You still, you still phone, had your so, phone so text, and you know we can still access internet via the phone and that sort of thing. But yeah, um, yeah we've got a generator going now, so we we can watch TV. Okay, so you could have got <laughs> messages. Sorry to interrupt. Mm. They have to go up there. Oh, and you're invited Thank you for to your follow. time. Yeah, no, but you can just follow us. But they have to go. So no, I I, I will. To the top. Yeah, thank oh, you. Hopefully and we'll good run luck. Somewhere. Yeah. I hope I hope everything. Is... We'll, we'll, we'll get there. I've, we've heard through the grapevine that they're clearing the other end of the road. Hi. Uh, in terms of preparate man walk, going for a run, I suppose that's what you do if you're feeling a bit stressed and not knowing whether your house yeah, is going to totally. come out. Hi, I'm Sharon Brett Kelly from the Detail Podcast. Do you live here? Yeah. How's it looking for you? We're fine. You're fine? Oh, Just no water, no power. Yeah. Okay. I can't get my car out to of work. Of course. Yeah, oh. None of us can, eh? oh, because what? It's not working? No, the car works, but both oh, of the road. Oh, you're blocked. Well. So how are you ma- going to manage? I'm going to go to a hotel. Are you? And work tomorrow. Right, and are you? Is your house in danger at all with more heavy rain coming? No, it's not. We're on a slope. Oh, I see. And we've got a forty thousand dollar deck. Solid. Stable. That's good. It's held out. You look. You look quite shocked though. Oh, it's just annoying because work is tomorrow, but the whole weekend is not very comfortable. But no. we're, we're we're better off than a lot of other people because. The houses yeah. over there are really screwed. Shane, I know that there's been a lot of talk about um, 
you know, the poor communication. Besides the point that people are saying a state of emergency should have been called sooner, it's actually about people getting some kind of message and it doesn't that doesn't require a state of emergency that's correct I, we have focused a lot on the state of emergency through um, some of the media outlets but I wanted to sort of point out that the text alert system which is there for COVID and did a really good job there mm. and actually last night at the time of this recording we got a, um, a weather warning through the text alert system I wonder why that wasn't set up on Friday because people's lives were at risk and actually some people tragically did lose their life Where were you, say, at about five o'clock when it was raining heavily? Um, But I don't think... It was only then, really, that we were beginning to realise the full extent of things. Yeah, I was actually from about 3.30, 4 o'clock down uh, in Massey because I'd heard that the uh, stream there that had caused such devastation 18 months ago had broken its banks again. Yeah. And so I went down to try and help communities and uh, residents... Stay safe. And so I was actually directing traffic uh, all Friday night uh, at the bottom of uh, Donbuck Road in Massey uh, just to stop people entering a, a flooded stream that could have taken them and washed them out. What, what is your job? What, what's been your job, do you think? I mean, I can't... You must be taking call after call after call as well as... I mean, are you coordinating? What, what's going on? Yeah, I can tell you as, as a councillor, there's no training manual for this kind of thing. Um, to an extent, we're just scrambling and, and figuring out what the community needs are and then responding as best we can. Yeah. So a part of that is coordinating because I know, um, particularly in West Auckland that I represent, we've got really powerful, strong community groups mm. that have a lot of contacts and can really stand up coordination like that. Yeah. So it's connecting people on the street to those organisations that can help. So um, what is it? Is it for you? Is it a lot of phone calls then? Uh, some of it's phone calls, but some of it as well is just going to people and actually door knocking them, phoning them, um, contacting as many at-risk people as we can. Um, and especially with, this is very time sensitive, right? Yeah. Uh, some people are desperately in need, so the more people we can reach, the better. Have you had any sleep? A uh, couple of hours. Um, really? <laughs> even, when you, hours. even when you get down, you, it's, very, it's a struggle to get to sleep because yeah. you're just so worried about the situation. What time did you go to bed last night? Uh, would have been about uh, 2, 2.30. Yeah. What were you yeah. doing up until then? Um, some of it was worrying, <laughs> to be fair. At home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and some of it was monitoring um, essentially the social media channels and um, seeing what people's needs are so that we can hit in the morning uh, the places we need to go. OK, and what time were you up this morning? Uh, I was actually up for a media interview at about five. <laughs> oh, jeepers. OK. Can I come down these stairs oh, and be very careful down the stairs? No. Yeah, I know. It's, it's very... not as bad as some people. As we know. What what was it like um, on Friday? Oh, it was terrific. It was it was like a, a swimming pool in here. I've, I've, in my whole life, I've lived in Tudorangi my whole life. I have never seen anything like it. Yeah, yeah. So I've just got a little towel arrangement happening. Okay. Because it comes in from under under here in a corner somewhere, and I, I don't know how. Oh, just again. Yeah. yeah, because the drains are at their maximum and that's what happens as soon as the drains are at their maximum we can't cope so really it's a storm it is a major storm water problem and every time council sends out a survey I say please just forget about the blue sky things and focus on our infrastructure mm. we need we need storm water and 
that it it just needs to be sorted. The water system is outdated. Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? Um, overwhelmed, yeah, would be the word I would use. As the residents come and go, I meet an emergency worker going door to door. Well, how do, how do people respond to you when you check in on them? Um, mixed. Most of them are happy, but you know there are some people who are frustrated with the with the situation, understandably. Uh huh. I'm actually um, the the bookkeeper in the brigade, so are you? But I have been operational, right, um, in the past. So, so they're just calling in all the resources. Yeah, well, they're all exhausted from the the um, jobs through the night. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Do you live on the street? Yeah. You on? Do you? Are you? You're not Bill, are you? Yes. Oh, hello. I came and I'm Sharon. I came and knocked on your door. Are you okay? I'm okay. Yes. Thank and you. your house looks all right. Yeah, it is okay. It's. Uh, and. Uh, You've been here a long time, I believe. No, only sixty-four years. Oh, that's not very long. What do you make of this weather? It's a disaster, really, isn't it? I think it's an adventure. Is it an adventure? Um, okay. I have people visiting me yeah. with soup and a, a magic lantern. Yeah. So people are looking out for you. Oh, and I, I should be looking after other people that have problems. Have yeah. they asked you if you want to move out, just in case, because there's more bad weather coming? No. You're not going to move? I think I'm pretty stable. Where you, I look, am. you look pretty good at the moment, yeah. eh? It's a nice neighbourhood here, good isn't neighbor. it? This is another yeah. neighbour. And you're off to, you've got your suitcase with you. He's going to stay in a hotel. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, good luck to you. Work for the week. There's a house for sale up this hill. Oh, beautiful looking house, but makes you wonder if anybody would, at this point of time, they'll be keeping an eye on it to see if it withstands this big event. So I'm heading up, back up the road to that fallen kauri tree where some heavy machinery is already working away and they're telling me that it's about to be cut up so yeah I want to find out what that looks like and also where it's going to go Gee this is a big job yeah, we're getting there. It's nice to have that size machine here, though. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, so you're just going to get stuck in with your chainsaws and chop it up into bits. Yeah, well, we've done a lot of it already. Have you have you been, I mean, doing work like this all weekend? Yes, yeah, my third day doing slips, yeah. Is this a bad one? Is this particularly challenging? Well, by volume of material... Like, this isn't the biggest one I've seen, but in terms of because you've got people trapped and not able to get out, and the power down as well, that's significant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen a tree this size for a house as well in Upanuki Road. Oh, really? Wow. It's pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah, so you're just working, 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 clearing things away. I'd better leave you to it. No worries, thank you. Thanks. Well, since I was on Paturua Road, power and water's been restored to some homes and with the kauri tree cleared away, some residents can drive in.
That's it for today. I'm Sharon Brett-Kelly. The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by Phil Benge and our producers are Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. And thanks to Shane Henderson and the residents of Paturua Road. Kakite anō.